0: Welcome to the Market Tech Show, where you can get smart fast with in-depth interviews of leading technology vendors. I'm Mike Shields. I'm here with Scott Miller. He's the CEO of Guideline. Hey, Scott. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. Excited to get into this. Because your company's interesting. It's got a lot of interesting pieces that have been put together. But let's just start from the top. What does your company do? So I think at, the, at, at its core, what Guideline does is we focus on bringing cutting-edge technology and AI to age-old processes with media planning and buying and measuring. All right. That was actually a very simple, straightforward answer. I like that. I want to get into a bunch of specifics on all of the different products, but let's just cover up a couple of basics here. Yep. How long has the company been around and how many employees do you have? Some of the businesses that are part of Guideline have been around for a long time, but essentially Guideline was created when we brought Squad which was a company in the industry and Standard Media Index together in 2022, like June of 2022. We also acquired Lumina, which was a workflow collaboration software piece from MediaOcean this past June in 2023. So guidelines now made up of those three entities. And To answer your other question, uh, we have about 200 employees worldwide. So, with all those pieces, are is it are they all st- still standalone businesses, they've they've all been uh, absorbed and merged together? So, they've all been mo- merged together. On the squad side, they had a data business and a collaborative workflow software solution for for ad planning. On the standard media index, it was just the data business. So, right away, we merged right. the data businesses. The planning business, our biggest competitor was Lumina who was part of MediaOcean, we acquired that out of Lumina, and so we merged those two businesses together. So now we have two businesses, a data business that is the definitive source for ad spend data and pricing data. And then we have the software solution, which is ad planning management software that's sold primarily to agencies and brands. Okay. Well, I'll break down both of those as we go here. Yep. Maybe hard to answer because you got like two or three pieces together, but what, what, is, what does your employee mix look like in terms of like product engineering sales? It is heavy with technology, both in terms of product and uh, engineers, and I would say in support and lighter on the sales side today and marketing, but that'll change over as, as I'll tell the story, you'll see how we're transforming these products that we bought in technologies, and as, as that as that evolves, I'm sure we'll invest more on the sales and go to market side. Okay. So if well, you haven't a heard more, a guideline, there's a reason for that. Cool. <laughs> well, after this video, yeah, was going to know. Perfect. Uh, a couple more, Just, what is your ownership structure, and are you primarily in the U.S. or elsewhere? Yeah, so real brief background on it. Myself, David Hahn, and Michael, I, and Tosca, we all were at Integral Ad Science together. We were all there from the beginning until we sold to Vista and stayed until 2019. We decided we wanted to do something together again, ended up partnering with a PE firm called GTCR out of Chicago. And the ownership structure is we've invested money and then they've invested money. And then together we created a guideline and, and we spent two years looking around the market to try to find an opportunity to transform an, an area of the industry. And that's how we ended up with Squad Lumina and, uh, and Standard Media Index. All right. I want to ask you a little bit about the strategy behind all that, but let's, let's get into some of the different products elements here. And I, it, I may, you tell me it may make sense to just do this on two different tracks with the two different parts of the business. But if, if we can get into like, how does your core product or product set work and who is it really for? I you've you kind of hated it. It's a part of for agencies and brands, but let's get into the specifics. Absolutely. And I was going to say, Mike, what might help is if I kind of explain how we got there, which brings the two together. Yeah, for sure. sure. When we did this two-year journey of trying to figure out where there's an opportunity in the industry, we had some criteria. One is we were actually looking for data. We felt like one of the areas where we excelled at integral science was early on bringing data science to the unique data set that we had and creating predictive viewability, creating fraud products, creating stuff that the market didn't have before. And felt so, like that was what we could do again. So we were looking for a unique data set. And we found initially Squad, which had two parts of the business, again, planning and data. What we liked about the data side was it was the definitive source for pricing data. So anyone who bought local television would always go to Squad to see, hey, are we benchmark against the Squad number? For years, right? For years, since the I mean, it was initially on paper in the 70s. Put it that way, it Uh was even on technology. I mean, it's been around forever. Same thing for national television. Same thing for radio. For outdoor, they were starting in digital and they had some products, but didn't have a lot of digital experience, which is where we came in. And we were doing research. We found they only had one competitor in the marketplace, really, and it was this new, relatively new company, Standard Media Index, and Standard Media Index. It started out of Australia recently moved to the US and they had a different model. They partnered with all the, the six major holding companies, a bunch of the, in the big independent agencies and pooled, got a, like a co-op pool of data, it had a really rich, comprehensive data set. And they were just starting to compete with media cost, uh, squad, media cost division. Uh-huh. So we thought, you know, they're both subscale. They both, they both didn't have a lot of technology. They had great data, not a lot of technology. We said, here's a great opportunity to bring the two companies together. So that was the genesis of bringing the companies together and creating this data set because what we realized was spend and pricing data is super important to anyone in the industry. It creates more transparency. We also realized there was an opportunity to be predictive. It was backward looking. We were like, God, we not only can bring in digital, but we can make it predictive. That was going to be, my question is going to be, you're using the analogy of you where know, you did some, a lot of transformative work at inter-world Inter- ad science. Yeah. You might think this is like an awfully sleepy category that has had a lot of Changes in a long time, like what 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 would be so transformative about it? But it sounds like you were trying to really modernize the products and 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 create new new use cases and markets. Well, well, first of all, the the thought on the data side was like this is super valuable data, um, but it's always backward looking. Like, what if we made it forward looking? And what if we made it digital? So instead of like you look at it once a month before you buy a television ad, you could look at it every second before every millisecond before you made a bid on a programmatic ad. So that was original thought and it still is. But what got us really excited, ironically, was the software side of the business. So as part of the squad acquisition, we were going to get this software piece of software, which was a, not a huge business, but a very sticky business, worked with a lot of the biggest agencies and brands. And so we did market due diligence and we talked to all these brands, some of the largest brands in the world. Who Some of them were clients, some weren't clients. And we were, this was like an expert network call. So they, we weren't even, we didn't buy the company. They didn't even know like who we were affiliated with. We were asking all these questions. And what we heard was, all these products are horrible. Any product out there. They're just built for another time. They're, they're just- was built for another time. They're, they're They're basically Excel spreadsheets. They might be a little better in some cases, other cases they're not. They're, they're you know hardly in the cloud their workflow collaboration is really important but at the end of the day it wasn't solving the brands needs the brands were telling us like we're spending billions of dollars and we don't know if we've even spent that money a quarter later let alone how it's performing like we are completely kind in the crazy. dark today and our agency has a million people Manually putting data and trying to get it to us on a bunch of spreadsheets, sending them around the world. And it's better than nothing, but like, I would expect at this stage of technology, we would, this is again, from a brand's perspective, we would have this data in front of us, like near real time, if not real time. Yeah, And it would be like, tell us not only how are we pacing today in April, but like, what if we continued on this pace? What is my share of voice going to look like in Indonesia in August? Right. That's That's what machine learning should do. Again, that's what they're telling us. And so we were like, oh my God, like, you got to be kidding me. That's how behind this area of the industry is. And so that got us thinking like, wow, we could do this. This would be huge. Well, turns out Mike, it's a lot harder because, and I'll get into it because you got to get all this data in one place and you got to get people using it and everything. But we're super excited because that's what's going to transform the industry. What it reminded us of, of like pre-Salesforce trying to manage uh, a customer relationship. And how like everyone had their own spreadsheet and someone was in charge of like bringing all this data together, making making sense of it. The difference is this is what the biggest brands in the world do on tens of billions of dollars to spend of advertising. Right. So massive opportunity, but I guess one question I would have and I'm going off script a little bit. This feels like the kind of thing that everyone wants, but like really I would imagine it's a switching cost would be will be like, it's, this feels like a, you know, you're, you're, doing a kitchen renovation. If you got to, yep. you got to rip the plumbing out or something completely. Yep. Is that, is it, is it hard to get any customers to say, we're going to totally use them different? You have to change you know, Here was the other thing that got us really excited is despite being not that advanced technology squad already was working with 25 of the top 30 brands in the world. We're leveraging either through an agency or direct deal, leveraging the technology for at least one market. And then when we bought Illumina, that gave us, of the top 100, another 30 or so. So the biggest brands are using something, and it turns out they're using our solution already. And so it'll be a lot easier for us because as we're rolling out this new solution starting in December, so this month now, we're going to be able to automatically transform a lot of these clients onto the new platform and then put on new features as we go. Does that make right. sense? Yes, it does. And and just one other thing I'm sorry I wanted to say to that because I think it's really important is of how we got here, because this is what was like mind blowing to me of like, why when all billions and billions of dollars have been spent on technology for advertising, ad tech has been the hottest category since the mid nineties. Mid mm-hmm. Why are we still in a situation where people are using Excel spreadsheets to manage billions mm-hmm. of dollars to spend? And it took me a long time to figure this out, but basically when we, as an industry created digital it was initially like this separate little project, right? Yeah. You had different sales teams, you had products, everything else. And as it's growing, all the technology has been focused on that because people's attitude is like, why would you invest in linear when digital is the future? So all the technology has been on that. So we built a whole different way of buying based on digital. But the reality in today's world is you still buy everything and you still buy a lot of linear, you still buy... Even stuff through like CTV that is bought like actually linear a lot less than it's bought like programmatic. Mm-hmm. Although it's bought like both, so these worlds have finally come together, and you're stuck with old world planning and new world. So the way that people plan now is they make a and the old way annual plan, and they make these big bucket decisions, which is this is how much I'm going to put into programmatic, this is how much I'm going to put into social, this is how much I'm going to put into this, this so much, and then they manage it with spreadsheets because. They don't have the ability to course correct or say, God, maybe we put too much in social. Maybe we should put some more in linear. We're not getting our share of voice in LA because we thought that we'd get more in CTV, and actually, the local affiliate of you know the ABC affiliate would be a better buy. No one's doing that because they they don't have that like top level layer to see what's going on. And if you like reinvented, if we started from scratch right now, Mike, and sat down and said, Hey, what's the best way to build a planning solution? You would put the brains at the top level which is the 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 overseeing of all spend what's happening so that you could yeah. course correct at the biggest at the biggest buckets and say oh we we decided to give too much to our trading desk let's pull some out and move it over here but that's all the optimization's done way down here and there's no it, there's no top level kind of management of it backwards yeah it's 100% backwards so the good news is like we started with a blank piece of paper and that's what we're creating, which is the ability to look at everything that's happening at once and predict what's going to happen and make these big bucket decisions. Now, you and I have been in this industry for a long time. So we know that that adoption is going to take a while to happen. But the great news is it's there now and it's going to happen over time. And you know, if you take one of our biggest clients spends $15 billion a year in spend, they're excited because our technology is helping them right now Save $2 million on, on manual costs. I'm like, that's great. But guys, we're going to, sp- at some point, when you adopt this, we're going to help you be 10% more effective with your advertising spend. It's not just about saving some administrative costs. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's, like, a, that's a $1.5 you know, million opportunity that yeah. we're going to help you with. So that's why we get excited because like we're kind of transforming how you look at yeah, managing your spend and giving you the tools to, to do the course correction. It sounds like this is for, Major brands and agencies, not the small and mid sized advertiser. Am I wrong? I think anyone who has either multiple locations, multiple divisions in terms of product divisions, I mean, or they spend on more than just search or more than just like, wow. like one display is going to use something like this because you're using Excel today. Obviously, the more complex your advertising spend is, the more in the dark you are today and the more this helps. But I think it's going to be relevant for everyone, again, unless you're just doing search, in which case you just use a search search product. A couple of questions about your competitive set or where you are. You talked about how it's, it's, or do you, on the one side, do you you compete at all with media radar? Well, on the data side, you know, so we do, but we also sell data to them. So it's one of these relationships Mm. where where occasionally we, we bump up against them, but we really sell something different. I don't want to speak about their product because I don't know that much. so I don't want yeah. to say the wrong, wrong thing, but it's definitely Salesforce and who am I approaching at this brand and how much do they spend? What we focus on is how big is this market? What are the trends that are happening in this market? If I'm going to buy a 30-second spot on Amazon's Thursday night football, what should I be paying for it? And it's interesting. Our primary buyer is the sell side for these products. And it's like, hey... I'm watching this new program. I know what we we sell it for. What do our competitors sell it for? Um, hey, I'm trying to sell to to the marketplace. I'm trying to plan for next year. Like, how much do people want to buy in CTV versus traditional TV? What are the trends going to change? How do I have to how do I have to change what I do today? The most interesting thing about it, that business, by the way, is first of all, it's very predictive because. We have bookings data as well, so we know like who's actually doing better than than someone else in real time. Mm-hmm. And this data, just so you know, is it's like at a category level, so you know, hey, in the financial category, this you know vendor is doing really well. It's also, we're just figuring out how predictive it is, but one of our biggest client sets are like hedge funds because this, this data, like at a macro level, is telling what's happening in the, like what's happening in the whole well, whole macro environment and, the and, and, and economics, yeah. Right. So like we were excited because we feel like once we leverage our own AI, like we're going to be super predictive for these companies as well. And a lot of, a lot of these, uh, the big media owners who buy from us, uh, eight of the top 10 media owners in the world are our clients as well.
1: They okay. they have
0: their own predictive models and they use this data for prediction. What about, uh, you mentioned you, you made an acquisition from MediOcean. I was wondering, if you, do you compete with them and or there's a newer company called Hudson and X? Yeah, no. So oh, let's start with MediOcean. So we did because MediOcean had had acquired like 10 years ago, this company that did ad planning management, just like ours. And they were our biggest competitor. The advantage that they had in the marketplace is they had an integration with Medi-Ocean, So as you had the actual spend, that data was put into their platform. You didn't have to have someone on the agency side or someone at the brand, whoever, manually putting in. Hey, I just spent ten million dollars on this ad campaign. that just ran here. it is, here's what it is. And that's what we'd have to do with Excel spreadsheet. That's what you're having to do with our product. So we we fortunately I used to work with Bill Wise back in the day at DoubleClick. The day I announced the acquisition, he reached out to me to congratulate me and said, you know, hey, we're competitors now. And I was like, hey, we should talk. Mm-hmm. And that that led to an eventual deal because. We're partners with them. We're going to help them do what they're good at, and we have now an inter- a unique integration with them where we get their, all that data, and we're going to be able to pull in their data into what we do. So now they're they're a close partner and someone who helps fuel and differentiate our product because we we we'll, we have this free flow of data coming from MediaOcean's system. Okay, does that make sense? And, yes, it does. Yeah, and Hudson MX. You play uh, with them, yeah, of course. And then, similar there, we're not integrated with them today, but certainly as uh, as they evolve, and you know, with our similar clients, that's a, a similar arrangement could happen. This is um, a little bit random, but could the cloud guys or like the Snowflakes of the world want to get into this space? Or are they really going after a different end of the business? Uh, well, so we work with Snowflake, so they're they're they are our, you know part of our solution. So I, they're good at what they do. But the intricacies of media planning and understanding like what workflow collaboration is, how to visualize, you know, part of what we do is we visualize a plan. It's so complex that we have like workflowed out, so you see what it looks like. There's authorization tools. There's a lot of nuances of media planning that I've had to learn after the last couple of years, by the way, that are sure. uh are, are not what a you know a Salesforce or a or a or a, or snowflake will naturally gravitate towards. I think once we are able to put this in place and show that like we have this new one-stop shop for brands who are going to make critical decisions there, I think that will that will become attractive. But I don't, I, don't, I think it'll be hard to like build from scratch. And, and by the way, this is where our data business comes in. What, what's unique about our data set is again, it's the, at least today in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, and China, we, we're like the of source. We're gonna grow in other countries. We're working with agencies to do it now. just, there's some work involved and we're, we're building automation tools to make it a lot easier. That was part of our investment as well. But in those countries, we have all this great data. So we'll know if we're working with a hypothetical toothpaste company who has a toothpaste brand, we know exactly their share of spend against any metric in the market against the toothpaste category. That data today is very valuable. It's used at the agency level. We believe in the future, or more than believe, our vision is, as we're building out these tools that have this reporting analytics platform that has a brand looking at how they're doing against their plan, and are they hitting their metrics, some of which will be sure of voice, we can also bring this in to show them actually not only what the plan was, but actually how they're doing against that. So that brings our two data sets together in a way that will make it very applicable, and then also action oriented. They're going to be able to say, oh, well, oh my gosh, we're doing better here. We're not doing as well here. Let's move some money around. Okay. I'm supposed to ask you about a typical customer user use case, but you're, some of this is coming soon for you. But maybe you can just like maybe the, I don't know, the hypothetical toothpaste brand or something. Can you, can you kind of like take us through who, what, what the process would be like? Who's going to, who at the organization are you talking to? What's the workflow going to be like? What are the, what are the customers going to get? So there's one of two ways traditionally we've engaged with the client. And I said we work with twenty-five to the thirty largest leverage it. So let's say let's break high-level numbers. Twenty of these start with the agency who's hey, I've got this team of a two hundred people in one market, North America, who are the team who's buying all this media on behalf of this brand, right? And the agency work with the brand. To look at competitive data, to look at segmentation analysis, to look at audience reach and figured out the strategic annual plan of what we're gonna, where we're gonna spend advertising, what the expected results are gonna be. That is then put into our system. And then the hundred people who are using it all have access to it. They can visualize it and see it, all agree on it. And then as they are buying the actual media to match this plan, the plan will get updated. So everyone involved will know, okay, John over here did this, Sally over here did this. Okay, now I do my part. The manager level is gonna be like, okay, we were supposed to spend $500 million this quarter. At this point, we've spent 300 million. This area hasn't run yet. We're probably not gonna have enough impressions. Should we spend that money somewhere else or should we not spend as much? Talk to the brand. Brand's like, go ahead, we'll spend more in this other area. That authorization then is through the tool that goes to the brand who says, hey, go ahead. It's okay. And it's all documented. That's what it does today at a, okay. at a very simplistic level. That is either sold to the agency who's trying to do it or it's sold directly to the brand. So there's a handful of brands and let's say five of our tw- 25 who have, mand- have have realized like we need to centralize this process. We need better control over all the money we're spending and we need more uh-huh. visibility so they've gone out and done an RP and said we need one one provider because there's you know we are the provider so we work with them figured out uh, run their business and it's a brand level relationship and then they'll go to their agency and say hey you need to turn this on you need to use this in these markets so that we have all this data is that helpful that makes sense yes totally now I mean the good news is it helps both the brand and the agency and so as we go forward and build up more technology it'll definitely be a process of making sure the agency realizes the value as well as the brand realizes the value. Sure. And then the other piece of it that's interesting is, like right now, we're, in a lot of cases, we're just in North America. But as we further develop out this analytics platform at the global level, you quickly realize the benefit of making sure the team in Indonesia isn't using Excel anymore. They're using the solution because it'll bring the data into, you won't have, you'll understand what's going on there as well. So that'll be a process, okay. but gotcha. to be honest, like our, our process at IS, which was turn on one, one market, get them to understand it, figure out how to turn on another market, to the agency and eventually work directly with the brand to make it a global solution. Okay. How does your pricing model work? So that's evolving on the data side. It's based on the actual data you want, the markets you want. And I say actual data, some people only want local television, some people only want OTT, some people want, you know, depends on uh, how comprehensive you want. Do you want, do you want just spend? Do you want pricing? And then on the technology side today, it's, it's, it's mainly sold on a seat level. So it's very similar to, you know, a lot of the kind of workflow collaboration tools. As we evolve, that'll probably change as well as, you know, more of the, the collaboration piece is only going to get better. That doesn't go away. But the analytics piece that's sitting on top is going to become more and more important. Okay. You may have already covered some of this, but what is your one to two year product roadmap? Yeah. So I covered the fact that we're launching this new, so we spent the last 18 months starting from scratch, building a new planning solution. Um, despite the fact that we bought two of them, we decided that oh. they're not going to scale on the way we want to and not have the kid builds we want to. So we started from scratch which is great because it's the latest and greatest technology. I mentioned Snowflake. I mean, all all the latest and greatest technology we're using to create this new solution. And so that is launched this month, December beta. Next month or first quarter, it's out live. And with that will be the reporting capabilities and all the integrations that we're doing with, I think initially we're going live with like 30 integrations and we'll be a lot more after that. And the integrations are going to be like anyone Who gives results back? Whether it's media owners like a Google or a Meta or a TikTok, or anyone who provides, you know, we're integrating right away with IAS and even Double Verify. I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. And and Moat, what's happened to us? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. And you know, so any ad servers, any any data that's relevant to ad planning to measure will be part of this platform. Okay. And today, think about it. Today, you got to go to all these different platforms and then try to consolidate it. So we're just making it easier by putting it in one place. Yeah. What can you tell us about, I, again, it's really early, even all these things are happening yep. this coming year. What, what can you say about business metrics right now in terms of revenue growth, profitability? So we're PE owned, so we're very profitable. Uh, That's an absolute. So, you know, we're, call it between 50 and $100 million and we're going okay today, I think. I mean, part of our plan is investment to accelerate the growth and have yeah, new, yeah. new products to grow. I, I don't think we're done acquiring. I, we're looking for some like strategic pieces to help us pull the business right. together even closer. I, I hope that helps. I, I would say at this yes, point, we're we we're, we're, we're good. We're still good about where we're at, but we have big ambitions. So we, yes, we expect yes. to be a big part of growth it. Growth. Yeah. All right, Scott, it's lightning round time. Okay. Are you ready? Should I'm be. ready. Off the top of your head, quick answers. Here we go. What is the number one competitive advantage you have versus other sellers? number one competitive advantage is, is vision and execution, putting in the best technology and, and applying in a way that helps our clients. Why won't the wall gardens, such as Google, Facebook or Amazon just crush you? Uh, because they are all biased. We're unbiased. We, we, don't, we don't sell or buy media. We're a third party who brings all this data together. So we partner with them. What is your biggest product or market challenge? Our biggest product market challenge is going to be uh, awareness and adoption. Um, yep. People are used to using Excel spreadsheets and they don't want to stop using Excel spreadsheets. So it's just showing them the juice will be worth the squeeze. Right. What's in the number one reason customers choose not to use your product? Because they like Excel spreadsheets and they're used to it. And they don't want, they don't want to use Excel spreadsheets anymore. Or on the data side, you know, they don't want to pay for accurate data. They, they want free data. It's good enough for what they think what uh, they're trying yeah. to do. And lastly, if your company was an animal, what animal would it be? Oh, uh, definitely a tiger tiger, yeah, I like that, yeah, the no, no, no there no 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 we're, we're the we're the the one you know I was on a trek once in Nepal, and the guy on the ground, and the guy was telling me like if a rhino does this, comes after you, like you have to do this, if an elephant comes after you do this, if a wild boar comes after you do this, if a tiger comes after you, you're dead, you you have no chance. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, that was a colorful way to end it here. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Great great conversation. We'll talk again. All right. Thanks, Mike. Nice seeing you again. Thank you for subscribing to Markitecture. New interviews are added every week at Markitecture.tv in your favorite podcasting app.